Dr. Joan Maloof has a new book coming out, The Living Forest. Now, if you're interested in trees, her name may sound familiar. She's the author of several books and the executive director of the Old Growth Forest Network. Joan's passionate about preserving the remaining 1% of forest on the East Coast that's old growth. Throughout her career, she's focused on why these forests matter and what makes them so different from the trees in our own backyards. I was able to talk to her from her home in Maryland, and she told me about her upcoming book, The Living Forest. My name is Joan Maloof, and I'm the executive director of the Old Growth Forest Network, and I'm also an author of a number of books. You have a new book coming out. Tell me about that. So this new book, The Living Forest, has gorgeous photographs by photographer in Charlottesville, Virginia, named Robert Llewellyn, and he's been photographing trees and forests for a long time. He's done the book Seeing Trees, he's done Seeing Flowers, he's done Remarkable Trees of Virginia. So when Timber Press asked him to do one about the eastern forests, he asked me if I would write the words for it. And it was so fun to be able to look at his gorgeous images and to tell the stories that would go along with them. What I loved about the the preview copy that I've seen is his photographs explore the big and the very little in a forest. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was so fun. It's like, you know, if your mission is, okay, you know, tell us about the forest. Show us the forest. Where do you start? You know, how do you structure that? And so, yes, together we, just as you said, I mean, the biggest would be how this canopy, the giant, swaths of forest affect our very atmosphere and affect our rainfall patterns all the way down to the tiniest little snail on the forest floor, the little mushroom on the forest floor. And so he was able to capture all of those different parameters. Now, I have to say, um, I'm calling you from western part of North Carolina. I'm up here in the mountains. We're right on the border of the Pisgah National Forest. Yeah. And so I'm surrounded by trees. I'm in the woods. And mm-hmm. these probably have been cut, you know, first part of the 1900s, maybe over 100 years ago. So these are old trees, mm-hmm. old to me. But mm-hmm. that's not the same kind of forest that you're talking about. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So um, the forest that you're describing sounds like a beautiful second growth forest. And I was just in that area very recently. But there are some places, very few places, actually 1% left in the east that have never been cut. And that's what are now called the old growth forests. They used to be called virgin forests. Some people call them primary forests. We just call them old growth forests. And in those forests that have never been cut, Some of the trees may get a lot larger than the ones that are surrounding your home now. A lot of them, of course, are much older, so the trees around you might be 100 years old. But some of these trees in the old-growth forest that's been untouched may be 300 years old. And the, the structure of the limbs looks different. The forest, once you know what to look for, there's subtle patterns the twisting of the limbs, the and the um, forest floor is higher in plant diversity, and certain birds like the warblers tend to prefer those forests. And there's a lot more 
of the big old, what we call coarse woody debris laying on the ground, the dead trees that are home to a lot of organisms, like a lot of insects that and fungi that then are feeding the amphibians and reptiles. So that's, that's an old growth forest. And the mission with the organization I started is to make sure that no more of those old growth forests are cut in our time because they've continued to be cut. And also to make sure that some of the forests you're describing, the 100-year-old second growth forests, can remain and recover and become old growth once again someday. Joan, I have to ask you the, the ugly question. So what? I mean, why do we need an old growth forest? What does that do for us? So I went into the research in all different journals all over the world and looked at any scientist who compared one of these old growth forests to a forest that had been managed or cut at some time or thinned or even prescribed burned to see is there a difference and what is the difference? And what I found in study after study after study was that the biodiversity of whatever organism was being studied is higher in the untouched forest. So more types of wildflowers, more types of salamanders, more types of fungi, more carbon sequestered, more types of frogs. The list goes on and on and on. And so the question why then really to me became because these are place these are habitats of biodiversity and in our country we are in our world we are experiencing a biodiversity crisis we're losing species so so many species these ancient forests are home for so we need to make sure to retain them so I, I ran across recently a, a statistic from the Extension Service that collectively homeowners, private landowners, control about 19 million acres in this country. So that's that's bigger than all of our national parks put together. It's a lot. Yes, um, yes, when, that's right. Um, half of the forests in this country are owned by private families and individuals. And so the, de the, the decisions that they make really matter. And I would, anybody listening that is fortunate enough to own forest land, I would encourage them to, if they can't preserve all of their forests, to at least preserve part of their forest to let it become old again. And certainly if they are lucky enough to have old growth forests, they should preserve that. Well, I'm not one of those very lucky people. I have a very small, tiny little urban homestead. Mm -hmm. um, what can I, as a gardener, do with my little patch of suburban heaven um, to, mm -hmm. to help? I, I, I can't, mm -hmm. I don't live in a forest, but I do have some land. What, what do I do to, to help this issue? Well, first, recognize that your patch of land there used to be an old growth forest, <laughs> right? If we go back 500 years, I mean, that is the the habitat that our part of the world was. And so all that wonderful soil in your garden is was created in the forest environment, unless unless your developers scraped it off at some point. And that's what they did. So oh I, I don't have yeah. the wonderful soil I have is what I've been making. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's a challenge, but you can imagine what that wonderful forest soil was. So so 
honoring that this is what our land wants to do is grow trees. Um, if a yard is large enough, I encourage people to sort of coordinate off and see what types of trees may come back there in time, the native trees. So even better than going to a nursery and buying something even labeled native would be to say to work with your yard and see sometimes these native species will come back. At first, it'll look like a weed patch, and eventually then you'll get shrubs. You keep pulling these things out, but then you may eventually have uh, tree species that'll come up there that you can let live. So that's one thing. Another thing is if you have um, trees on your property and you have one that's gotten old and it's decomposing and maybe it needs to come down or has already come down, to think about can some of that coarse woody debris stay on the ground if it's, you know, out of the way and not too uns Some people think it's unsightly, but once they learn how important that downed wood is for the other organisms that once lived in the soil, sometimes they'll let them stay. And then, of course, the final thing, most important thing in a way, is to take time to visit the native forest to build a relationship with them. If you don't have one on your um, property, then go to one that has been preserved for you by the local community or the government, and then support that effort to protect that forest. Maybe become you know, a friend of that forest or that park, or certainly people can connect with the old growth by supporting the old growth forest network and following what we do. So reaching out beyond your garden in that way. Joan, I like your suggestions. It sounds like you're going to save me time and money. No more waiting and I can go for a walk in the woods. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to um, enjoying your book. Thank you. It's The Living Forest and um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a treat. I think you'll enjoy it. You can find out more and purchase Joan's book on our website, trianglegardener.com. I'm Lise Jenkins, and this is the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. You can find this and other episodes of our podcast on iTunes or on our website, trianglegardener.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.